You're listening to Thunder Quack Podcast Network. This is the Thunder Quack Podcast. The official podcast of Thunder Quack Podcast Network. Where anything can happen. So strap yourselves in and hold on to your butts. It's Thunderquack time! Hello and welcome back to the Thunderquack podcast, the official podcast of Thunderquack.com, which you can get early every Tuesday over at Patreon.com slash Thunderquack, just like our Patreon producers, Brian Murawski and JJ Samuel. Or you can wait and get it late every Friday on podcast services across the galaxy. Uh, I am one of your hosts, Michael Vaughn. And I'm your other host, Amanda Congan. And I, I look, no, no spoilers, no spoilers for WandaVision. Amanda asked, just asked me a question uh, uh, f- about the most recent episode. And I just want to make a public service announcement because um, I, I think it's important that everybody knows what I just told Amanda. Uh, it's you, you shouldn't have known who that character was. Unless you were on Twitter listening to people who already knew who that character was, you it, it, you should not feel bad about being confused right now, and um and also don't be angry at the show that you're like uh, I don't know who that is. That's they'll they're gonna explain it in the next episode or two. Don't worry about it. Um, we're just not used to this format yet, but uh, we're not gonna talk too much. We're not gonna get into the Wandavision of it all because we're gonna do that in a few weeks. We only got two more episodes left of WandaVision. And then, uh, so we bet we actually better schedule that. We better figure out when that's going to happen. Um, uh, when we're going to record that, uh, but, uh, but we will have a, a dedicated WandaVision, uh, review episode where we'll talk about the whole season. But, uh, if you're not watching but WandaVision not right now, you should be doing it, do it, Yeah, get it in gear, get it in gear. Cause you're missing out on some primo storytelling. I don't even want to call it television because I don't think, I think that's one of the problems that some people are having with it is that they want to categorize it as a TV show. And, and it's like, this happened with the Mandalorian as well, where people wanted to categorize the Mandalorian as a TV show. But I think that things like, like Mando, WandaVision, Stranger Things, uh, Queen's Gambit is a good example of this as well. Like I, uh, the boys, these are not TV shows. They are a new thing that has come about because of the advent of streaming and the world is now a different place and television shows are still happening. Uh, Kenan Thompson has a new sitcom on NBC that I'll probably never get to see an episode of because I don't have cable anymore. And unless it is on Netflix or, I mean, it's probably on Hulu in the States, but we don't get that stuff up here. Um, But uh, those shows still exist that follow the 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 television format i i like formula format formula i guess i i and and have those those act breaks because of commercials and all of that stuff and they're built as uh you can start this show from any point in the season that stuff still exists and that's tv but that's not what wandavision is and it's not a movie either like it's it is it, it it's the closest thing it is to to existing 
media is like the the TV miniseries from like the 70s and 80s um, and that kind of died off in the early 90s. Um, but it's like even then it's not that because those were generally pretty awful. Um, and they're using like movie level uh, storytelling to tell like long form narrative and it's a it's 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 a it's a whole new thing. So so being upset that that a character was introduced or I guess reintroduced to us um, at the end of the season and uh, not knowing who that character is, it's like if this were a Marvel movie, it like this this would just be the third act reveal, right? Like uh, in Black Panther, it's when we see Killmonger in the in the suit in the black panther suit right like right he's like oh so now now we know they're gonna fight right that's basically <laughs> where we're at right now in this it's when it's when uh, uh obadiah stain is like i i looking at the iron monger suit for the first time and we're like oh iron man's gonna have to fight that okay cool that's where we're at <laughs> just just right. give it get we got like around two more hours probably 40 minute episodes each um maybe the last episode's a little bit longer but i uh, i uh, yeah like like don't worry all all your questions will be answered all your answers will be questioned uh it'll it'll all be fine it's it's the mcu you can't get this far and then start doubting them <laughs> it's that people people lose trust so fast but uh yeah don't feel bad if you don't know who that character is uh you'd have to be a huge comic book nerd and I don't mean that in a positive way, uh, uh, in order to in order to pull that character out, um, or very specifically an X Men slash Scarlet Witch fan. I'm not even X Men, but anyways, it's a whole thing. Uh, uh, all will be revealed soon, uh, but that's not what we're gonna talk about. We're gonna <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna focus on the other side of the comic book uh, entertainment universe well, in this okay. episode. Yeah. Well, before we go there, I feel like we do have to hit the spectrum of things to talk about. And I do, whenever we come onto this, I like, I don't have anything to actually talk about, but I do just want to like complain into the void about having found all of Once Upon a Time on Disney Plus last week and deciding uh-huh. that I wanted to watch Once Upon a Time because I had started watching it when it was like originally airing and I had watched yeah. the first season and then I had like sort of stopped watching it and I sort of know a few things that, that was happened that was the Once right instinct time. actually but but, but this yeah. is my problem is that I've now gotten through the first season of Once Upon a Time and I'm yeah I'm having a real hard time getting through the second season and I was like this is exactly what happened to me last time yeah and I just, walk away Amanda it's a real walk bummer away. Is that is that what I it's should do? It's an abusive because... relationship. Walk away <laughs> oh, from. Oh no! It. Walk oh, away no. from. It. But uh, like, it's, it's not gonna get better. It's not gonna get better. Really? He's not gonna leave her. You know what I mean? Like, like <laughs> to use the abusive relationship. <laughs> I like, like this is a married man that is that keeps saying they're gonna leave their wife. He's not gonna leave her. That once upon a time is constantly going to flirt with the idea of being a good story. And it's never gonna deliver just, on it. it doesn't and every quite... once in a while, you're gonna get like these these little these little glimmers of hope, and you're yeah. gonna be like, "Oh my god, Captain Hook is such a cool character. I love this show again." And then very quickly, you're gonna be like, "He's not enough to make up for the rest of this nonsense." But okay, here's why the thing. is this happening? Robert Carlyle is great. He's fantastic. And, and, so watch and Stargate Universe again. 
And he's through the, you know what? Maybe that's the solution to yeah, all my problems. That is that's the solution. Always... Like, <laughs> Oscar Isaac is one of my favorite actors on the planet. That doesn't mean I'm going to make myself watch X-Men Apocalypse ever again. <laughs> ever again. Because I did it once and it hurt. It hurt. It hurt both as an X-Men fan, but even more so as an Oscar Isaac fan, because it is the one movie that I can point to. It is the exception that proves the rule that he can't make a bad movie, right? That I love him in everything that he's in. And, and when they put him in that purple Ivan ooze outfit, it breaks (laughs) my heart and I can't stand it. But like, Hey, he's not the only one that got done dirty in that movie because they also put um, Olivia Munn in the perfect Cyclops a Psylocke costume. Yeah, she's great. And she trained her ass off and learned to use that katana. And she's in like a grand total of three minutes of the movie. And she does one thing that's mostly a CG shot anyways. (laughs) Like, like, yeah. Brian Singer is a criminal and should be locked up for (laughs) legitimate reasons. But, um, in the course of that, tra- it, it, there's the um, there's the uh, uh, clerks animated uh, episode that where they're in court or whatever, and and uh, I I can't remember the context of why they're in court, but at one point they're 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 making their arguments or whatever, and somebody says something about the Padre about episode one about Phantom Menace, and uh, and the, and they're like Phantom Menace is awful, and then somebody objects and. And uh, and I, maybe it's the judge or whatever that goes like sustained or whatever. The the pod race was pretty cool, um, but uh, I I don't know why that that immediately came to mind. But oh, because if if Brian Singer were to actually stand in front of a judge for the literal criminal acts that he has committed over the years, um, I it, I wouldn't put it past a a a, a lawyer. To just bring up what he did to the X-Men franchise and just be like, look, I know that this has no bearing on the case as it stands because he's just a horrible person that should be locked up. But um, but also, I'm just going to go ahead and say, sorry, my printer is freaking out and making a bunch of noise. Oh, I wondered. I Um, wasn't it wasn't until you said that it was something about a printer that didn't I didn't clock that. So it's yeah, I'm going to turn it off. Um, sorry about that. I, yeah, he's like, a lawyer could, could, could basically say like, just as like character reference, like he, 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 he deserves to go to jail for what he did to the X-Men. Um, but, uh, yeah, anyways, that's the bad side of the MCU. So, uh, not the MCU, but Marvel. So it's like Marvel is, has, has, has made mistakes too, before we get into the DC stuff that we're going to get into, but yeah, don't, um, don't hurt yourself with once upon so, a time it's not think... gonna go anywhere worthwhile okay it's not so I, will I, say... I promise you amanda it's not i will say there, that there's... there's no pot of gold at the end of this <laughs> rainbow okay i mean have you watched all of once upon a time how do you like most of it most, most of... of it i okay. think that crystal Cause... and i checked out when she turns evil oh no don't i don't even want to know who it is you're talking about for turning evil but what i think i like i figured it, i like it's all anyways for me, you, you figured it out because you already know, and when you got to that part of the story, you would have seen it two seasons before it happens. Yeah, yeah, I guarantee it because like they telegraphed the hell out of it, and then it was not worthwhile. Um, and I think that and was where Crystal and I went. Like, we're good. It, it got to the a... point. There, there were twelve episodes on the PVR, and it was like, are we ever going to catch up on this? No. Okay, I'm canceling the <laughs> the recurring 
recording thing and and, and deleting these because we're never going to watch. I will I will say that it does give me a bit of freedom to maybe just I want to try to find online like some really good episodes because there's a handful of episodes that I quite enjoy, like the Bell episode, like the the one in season one with like Rumple and Bell. Because that's yeah. what I remember. Like, and I, I didn't realize, because again, I'm going through and I, I was skipping parts of season one because I was like, well, I remember some of this, but I don't remember all of it. And obviously some of the stuff I don't remember for a very good reason. And some of us, I remember for a reason. But one that like I do very much remember the Bell storyline, but just in that one episode. And then I don't care about it anywhere else. So it's one of those things where there's like certain characters that but I care about at certain times, he, but never here's, holistically. Here's my counterpoint to this. Here's my counterpoint to this. Yeah. You could spend that time watching one of the many things you haven't seen that is actually really good. I mean, yes, that's true. Like you haven't watched Star Wars Rebels. That's true. And I mean, that's fair. It's Star Wars Rebels is fantastic. It's got a couple of it's got a couple of rough episodes in it and you got to you don't have to get through the first season, but you just have to watch the first season knowing that it's going to evolve into something more in in the second season. Um, but, but like it, like the journey is, is well worth it on that one, which is the opposite of what I'm saying about once upon a time, which starts off with so much promise, even though it just ripped off the whole premise from fables, which is what we really want. Like that's, that's actually, thing, I will that say, you, that's what I actually want is I want fables, man. That's what you actually want. So good. And, and, and look, if you've never read fables, then Once Upon a Time is probably great. It, it, not great, but it's probably at least good. And you enjoy it and you watch it and not be super upset about it. But <laughs> if you have read Fables, then it is offensive at points. Because they are just like, we're going to steal this from Fables because Disney owns the rights to it. Yeah. To, to make a show about Fables. But, but we refuse to actually make Fables. Like, it, so it just... Yeah, uh, once upon a time is uh, it is an abusive relationship to to okay. to, to engage I, in I that feel, show. Look, because... I get what you I get what you mean because I was feeling that today where I was like I had no. gone into it being like okay Amanda you're gonna give it another try like why did you not finish the show you liked it and then I watched it and the it, exact same thing has happened that happened the first is... time I watched it going to continuously put actors you like and characters you love into scenarios that make you want to rip your hair out. And then they will do things in those scenarios that make no sense. Yeah, that's fair. All the while the special effects are horrendous, just awful. Even oh, at the they time are, they were actually. Bad. I am I am and, sort of and like by watching today's that being standard, like, they are unacceptable. Why yeah. would you why would you CGI entire sets? Entire sets. Yeah. Like have them yeah. Build some of the walls. Come on, guys. Like, it's a TV series. You can't, no matter how, I, I know that you're Disney. You still don't have the timeline to CG this appropriately. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's a TV series. It's a, it, it, uh, Once Upon a Time is a stepping stone to other stuff. Um, and, and, and I think in the, in the, in the history of, of, uh, media, it, it's got its place because it definitely, uh, it definitely showed Disney that that there is an adult audience for this content. Um, yeah. yeah, and it's the reason why we now have live action remakes of everything. Like these these things That's go fair. hand in hand. That's if fair. if if Once Upon a Time weren't so popular, those would not have happened with the the speed that they did, where we started all of a sudden getting one a year. 
Right. And like the Cruella, we didn't talk about Cruella, the Cruella trailer that came out. But the one thing about Once no, Upon a I don't Time know that, that I there's do that much to talk about yet. But it, that's that's all. Yeah, there's a Cruella trailer that came out. That yeah. end end comment. But I will say that the um the thing about Once Upon a Time that is semi enjoyable is seeing Steveston from every single angle, <laughs> like where you're like, oh yeah, Vancouver. Yeah. Good old good yeah. old Steveston. Anyways. Okay, well, thank you for that. Was my only sort of like airing out grievances in between, and I figured we're we're straddling from Marvel, and then we're gonna go into DC. And I feel like I wanted to yeah. stop over at Disney. All I the just way. I, it's it's just that little detour into Star Wars land where I tell you uh, yet again, just just watch Star Wars Rebels. The thing about Rebels is that like the first season is I think twelve episodes, uh, maybe it's thirteen. The second season is 22 or 24. The third season is is around the same as that. And then the last season is, I think, 19 episodes. It's 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 a little bit shorter. So, like, that's all of it. It's like 100. It's, it's maybe 100 episodes. I don't even think it's that. Like, and they're and they're they're 22 minute episodes. Like, you will breeze through Star Wars Rebels so fast and you will be glad that you did. Because by the end of it, there is a specific um there's a specific dynamic there are 70, 76 episodes of star wars rebels of 22 minute episodes um some of those are two-parters so the it, it kind of even goes faster but um there is a specific relationship dynamic in star wars rebels that i think that you are going to love and 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 so you need to watch it because okay. by the end of it i think that your opinion on who your favorite star wars relationship is will may change um all right well that's, so yeah you that's need like to watch a big, that's a tall order okay all yeah. right yeah well and i've i've never really said that to you before because i you want haven't. you to watch it and i want you to discover it but if it's the uh, thing that i gotta okay. say in order to get you in there then i'll say it because and it's all on disney yeah. plus too right yeah of course it's it watching is on disney plus? Okay. of course it is all right i am exploring um, and- like i'm trying i've 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 tapped out netflix I've reached the point yeah. where I'm just rewatching The Office on Netflix, and I'm like, I don't even enjoy The Office that much. Like, it's fine. I like The Office, but it's like not my go-to because I, I, I reached a cap on how much Archer I could watch. Like, I just, I, I haven't quite made oh, my way. God. I haven't quite made my way through the latest, like the. You just, you just made me feel like season. nauseated just <laughs> saying. Like you watch that much Archer? I watched. That can't I be watched, good for you. I watched almost all of Archer, but like the this, I'm in the space season, and it's not. It's not the best. Oh wait, no. I have to be I fair. I've really past, only past seen past. the first two seasons of Archer, but I oh. uh, man, that's something that but I wish no. that we could just leave in the early 2010s. But Archer was so good. There are certain episodes of Archer uh, that are just the best. There are but. some great things about Archer, but. <laughs> I don't know. It's no, just I don't want to get into it. Like, I don't want to get into we, it. We don't have to. It's just that like there's certain things that I watch while I'm on my lunch break, and it used to be Friends, but then I know that yeah. it's a lateral move. Like I have Crave TV. Friends is yeah. still available to me if I felt like watching Crave, but it requires me to access it through my cable box, and I just am less inclined to do that. So now that it's not on Netflix, I don't really have anything to watch like over lunch, and I can only Does, watch. Is Friends your TV a smart TV, or do you have a Chromecast? I, yeah, both of those things. And I know that I can stream my Crave, yes. But I haven't set it up. Yeah. And in the meantime, I'm just going to like twiddle my thumbs up about it. But yes, I could get the Crave app. I realize that that's an option as well. But um, but but anyways, the purpose is that I've got 
I don't want to watch anything else on Netflix right now. I feel like I've tapped out Netflix. So now I'm going over to Disney Plus, And that's how I fell into the Once Upon a Time hole. Because I was like, what yeah. series are on here? Because I've seen, of all the things too, I'm kind of like, I don't think that this is normal. But maybe it's very normal for me that like, I've seen like everything on Disney Plus. Like, except for the no, series. Like, all of the, no, I know I haven't, actually. I'm being <laughs> hyperbolic. Yeah. Obviously. But like. Uh, uh, like for normal people, like people who are not uber nerds, you go on to Disney and you're like, oh, there's all these movies that I've been meaning to watch or that I've heard of. But for me, I'm like, I've seen all of these movies. Like, I think I haven't seen the original Fantasia. But I don't know. Anyways, I digress. I feel like I really took us on a long a long little journey into Disneyland. No, it's but, a, it's it's fine because like because if if you're looking for things to watch on Disney Plus that you haven't watched yet, I have a list for you, <laughs> and not Duck all Tales of it is, is Star Wars. I know. Okay, yeah, There's... I because I, you have you ever watched Gargoyles? Uh, I did as a child. I don't remember as it. a kid. Yeah, yeah. So I could. Um, I mean, I could rewatch it, but I like again. I I like I did at some point in time watch it. I don't. I don't like really remember it. Obviously. Um, and I, also, I saw started, that the X Men X Men is on the like yeah like, X Men's animated, on there as well. So the it's the old series, '90s yeah. Spider Man. Actually, all almost all of the animated Spider Man stuff is on. Spider Man is I, the last thing that I'm gonna watch. I just no, I'm just saying like it's all there. It, the yeah. only, I think the only one that's not there is the MTV the CG one, and then Spectacular Spider Man is on Netflix, but uh, so, or at least it is in Canada. You um, know what I that ill the ill advised decision I almost made this weekend, but I didn't follow through on it was to rewatch. The Fantastic Four with Jessica Alba. <laughs> <laughs> I was very tempted because they had all the X-Men movies together. And I was like, oh, Fantastic Four. I do not remember for the life of me, the reboot. I remember watching it, like the 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 one with um, Jordan. Michael B. Jordan, yeah. Michael B. Jordan, yeah. Um, I was going to say Jordan B. Johnson. Is that <laughs> is that a president? Nope. I don't know. Lyndon, Lyndon B. Johnson, I Lyndon, think is Maybe that's anyways. Because I was like, Michael B. Jordan, that sounds like I'm just confusing Michael Jordan with somebody else. Surely it's Jordan B. Johnson. Anyways, so I don't know why I had to explain. Like, it was fine. You fixed it for me. But yet yeah. I still went through. Anyways. And then I also, just super random, but again, like in animated realm, one of the things I'm trying to do is is figure out like more animated television because I'm, you know, trying to just like see the scope of stuff. And I did, I'd been wanting for a long time, weirdly, Miraculous Tales of Ladybug and Cat Noir show up on my Pinterest yeah. a lot. And I was like, what is this show? And so I watched the first episode and it's super cute, but it's like, it's like a, it's, you know, it's a kid's show, but I did like it. It's super yeah. weird to watch cartoons, not in the original language because they're animated. To, so like it's French. So it's like animated to French. You need to watch it in French or else it's weird. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, but that's just my own personal opinion about cartoons. So, but it's, it was cute. It was like, I, I can imagine it being an enjoyable thing. I don't know if your girl. Yeah. Miraculous it. is it's, it's, it has its charm. Uh, and I understand why some people are really into it, but mostly because I um, like the conceit of girl likes boy, but boy doesn't like girl until they've switched places and their secret identities. And then boy likes girl and girl doesn't yeah. like boy. I just love that. I feel like it's, was that, there was something else I feel like when I was a child where there was like a, a similar, is that Sailor Moon? Is that the trope for Sailor Moon where it's like, she liked or tuxedo mask loves her as sailor moon and then in real life she really likes the guy but he doesn't really pay attention to her 
Or am I misremembering yeah, she, that? So, yes, Serena is in love with Tuxedo Mask, um, yeah. as is Ray. Uh, in in the first season, they both love Tuxedo Mask, and they're and they they both want to to date him. But uh, in the American dub, Darian, uh, who uh, in in mm-hmm. the original Japanese, his name is is Mamoru. Um, he he uh, he's a jerk. <laughs> There's no other way yeah. to say it. Yeah. He's a jerk, and he is specifically very mean to Serena, um, yeah. uh, uh, Usagi. Uh, but I. Uh, uh, yeah, at a certain point, at a certain point, they realize who they actually are. And then she is in love with Mamoru. But there, there's a brief moment there where like they he remembers who he is because he's actually Prince Endymion, uh, who's the Prince of Earth. And she's the she's the princess of the moon. Right. Princess Serenity. And they they re- briefly remember he briefly remembers who he is. But then uh, Queen Beryl, the, the the bad guy from season one brainwashes him to be a bad guy so he goes from from being like oh my god i know he i don't remember i don't think he quite remembers like all of it but he but like he kind he starts to remember part of it and then that's when that's when he's taken away from serena uh and and then she kind of she that's ultimately how she gets him back like how he breaks through that spell is her love for him right um because that's and then they defeat queen barrel and when they when they defeat queen barrel and dimian and and mamaru are split um and so mamaru doesn't remember anything i i really and um and 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 dimian it becomes this other character called the moonlight knight but this is only in the anime it never happened in the comic um it's technically a filler arc um and he so he was the moonlight knight but then at the end of that arc they come back together into one character and uh and then and then uh usagi and mamoru are in love for a little while but then their daughter from the future comes back and at the same time he starts getting nightmares about their wedding day like if they get married the whole world's gonna end and then you learn that (laughs) it makes no sense you learn (laughs) that that endymion king endymion so darian mamaru in the future right tuxedo mask from the future is using magic to implant these dreams in in mamaru and usagi in the past not to break them up although that even though that's what happens they break up because he's like no we can't be together because if we're together it'll destroy the whole world and we'll like you'll die and i love you so i don't want you to die because we are in love that destroys the world it's so dumb so they break up and but it's not mutual he's just like no i can't be with you but he's secretly like i love her so much and and the whole time she's like i don't understand why won't you be with me and then as the audience especially in the year 2021 as i watched this with my daughters that's this is why this is so fresh in my memory because uh, because car and i have been watching sailor moon as a as an adult man in the year 2021 you're watching this going he's in college and she's 15 right this is not okay right. none of right. this is okay 
His her parents should be stopping this from happening. Her <laughs> friends should definitely be telling her you shouldn't be dating this college man. And as a college man, it's very sad that he is dating this 15-year-old girl, but it's also they're destined because of a past life. But whatever. Um but it turns out that that King Endymion is doing this to prove to them that they actually do love each other because if they can overcome those visions and be in love anyways then they'll know that they're that it's true love and that nothing can break them apart and in order for in order for the future to happen that has to happen it makes no sense it's totally obnoxious but anyway (laughs) that is those are the relationship dynamics of tuxedo mask and sailor moon um, and I love it, but I also, it just makes me want to pull my hair out. That's two weeks in a row that I've explained the plot of anime on, <laughs> on the show. I've been watching a lot of anime lately. Um, that's, that's fair. Anyways. I, yeah. Yeah. Do you, are you ready to talk about the DC? I, I now? now I'm, and I now I'm ready. Okay. That was like the one thing that I was like, let me rant about once upon yeah. a time for a real quick sec. And then please watch star Wars around. rebels. Uh, and gargoyles actually coincidentally season one of star wars rebels is uh is is written i mean it's also dave filoni who's who does mandalorian with john favreau but um but uh greg weissman uh was one of the the lead writers uh head writers on um on the first season of star wars rebels and he's he created gargoyles so um there's a there's a thread there that that connects them um the dceu Let's get into this. I think I said briefly last week, uh, I gave the warning, uh, much like the Flash coming uh, through a lightning portal for some reason in the middle of Batman v Superman to justify that awful story, uh, uh, to warn you guys from the future. uh, It's not going to be good. And I just want to reiterate that that's my stance on this. It's not going to be good. It's going it, to, it'll probably be better than the Joss Whedon one, if only for the fact that Joss Whedon doesn't have anything to do with it. And he should also go to jail. Um, but that's a little less conclusive than we the could Brian just have, Singer thing. We could just, I was just going to say, we could have a whole conversation. Who deserves to be in yeah. jail more, Brian Singer yeah. or? Maybe that's our topic next week. Yikes. Um, <laughs> but Why are there so many problematic humans making clump book things? Because white men are the worst. <laughs> uh, <laughs> cisgendered heterosexual white men are <laughs> taught to believe that we can do whatever we want and therefore because we're the ones in charge we can do whatever we want thankfully that's starting to change um and uh, i i the world is becoming a better place for people who aren't heterosexual cisgendered white men but i uh, uh, yeah, that's why. That's the answer to your question. That's the short answer. We don't have time to get into it, but um, <laughs> yeah. So it'll be, be it'll it'll most likely be better than than the Joss Whedon one because at least it won't be compromised and we won't have to look at that awful CG upper lip of Superman. But uh, but it is not going to be a good film. Certainly not by the standard of superhero films that we judge now. Which like most people just go to the MCU. But I'm going to go ahead and throw uh, uh, The Boys, which is a TV show, right? Although earlier in this episode, I said it's not really a TV show, but you know what I mean? Like it's a it's a it's a streaming series. 
yeah, yeah. But I, but I count it like in the same like quality level of movie. Like, there's nothing about the boys that's like, oh, this is just a TV. It's not Smallville. It's not Arrow. It's not The Flash. Right. Like, uh, uh, it's not um, what's a Marvel example. Uh, uh, I don't. Shield I don't Agents know. of Shield. Right. Like, there you go. like the boys works on a on a cinematic scope. Um, and I would say the boys is every bit as good as anything that the MCU is doing. Um, Cause it's a fantastic show. It's incredible. I, I, and, and I'm, I can probably point to other stuff, but it's kind of escaping me right now. But um, yeah, justice league is not going to be, it's, it's not going to hit that mark. It is not right. going to cross like, like jump that hurdle. Um, it's going to, it's going to run straight into it. And the hurdle is going to smash and like splinter into a million pieces as, as, as it does. But I, uh, cause I'm sure that we're going to be thoroughly entertained by it, but when the dust settles, I think we're all going to look at each other and go, yeah, that was, that was Zack Snyder's justice league. That's, it's not that far off from Batman V Superman. Um, now having said all that, I know that Amanda, you claim to like Batman V Superman, I assert that you're confused. Um, but thanks, uh, thanks for that. Thanks. But, but, but like, I think, I think you just want to like a, a movie with Henry Cavill as Superman and Amy Smart as Lois Lane so bad that I mean, you yeah. forgive a lot of the, the faults of that movie. Because what you often say to me and have said on this podcast and other podcasts in the past is that I, I, well, the extended cut fixes a lot of the problems which i watched the extended cut it actually it, it there's more of it like i'll grant you that lois's story is definitely there's more of it nothing is fixed <laughs> it doesn't it doesn't get rid of any of the problems but as someone who actually likes batman v superman i am curious for your take on on uh justice league as as we know it so far well, I mean, because for me, they get to play with doing the dark Superman. And I think that that's what was missing or what I sort of like had wanted is that like, I think that there's this really cool option to explore that if you killed off Superman, you got to deal with the consequences for that. And I don't think it necessarily dealt with that. And I like the prospect of seeing what it was intended to be. And yeah. so, because I think that the premise of him still coming, like, I don't, I don't know how it's going to play with that, but like it, I do like the idea because this, this was the thing, like for me, for like the Lois and, and Clark elements of that was that she really did come and sort of, and, and he was like raging and she was like, no, I'm here. Hi. And then they like flew away to Smallville. And I'm kind of like, is that how it's going to be solved in this? Like, in this other no. version of and so i'm like no. i don't think i feel like it maybe they can explore the nuance of that a little bit more and like yeah who he is so like just i sure the, hope so for it's it clocking in at four hours they sure as hell better be exploring some nuance it well, better not be four hours it, of of balls to the wall uh, uh action like but like what because, we expect yeah. from a Zack snyder movie but that was like at its core i felt like there was something that they tried to shoehorn that didn't work because yeah. The scenes at the beginning of the movie with Superman being interviewed, right? Like those were clearly added way late in the game because that's the mustache gate, right? For for 
Yeah. Ju- and they try. So they they had a framing mechanism that was failed from the start because it was shoehorned in. Like when your whole premise of the movie where you're like, oh, we need to make it important that like Superman was a beacon and then he died and that's like the purpose. And it just like, it sort of seemed like they didn't follow through on that important part of the storyline in in the way that it was like intended. So I want to see what yeah. was actually intended. And that to me is the like, I just, I have always felt like Justice League did not do Superman justice in <laughs> yeah i didn't mean to do that but but like in terms of it, like what would like what like that like that it just yeah. is like why kill somebody just to bring them back <laughs> like for no like the stakes are not there so what is the what is the nuance to that story and what is the shift in how superman fits in with the justice league right mm-hmm. i i don't know so i'm excited to see that play out in the way that it was supposed to because I felt like it was the most under sort of underwhelming part about about Justice League someone I'm follow I have somebody on on my Facebook who is one of the um from the DC TV podcast network right uh Rebecca Johnson yeah. I, I want to say her last name is who does all the I Supergirl so. yeah. podcasts and yeah. but she is like like a diehard like Superman and, and Supergirl fan and I just love like she just makes me so excited and enthusiastic for all sorts of things and one of the things that she posted recently was I will always appreciate um the introduction of Lois Lane in Man of Steel like the shot that Snyder chose to use to introduce Lois Lane the first ever sort of shot we see of her is that sort of upshot of her coming out of the um out of the um helicopter and that you mm-hmm. really like it's this shift in perspective where that whole sort of scene in the in the like north where like superman is going and he's finally found the ice like it shifts that movie narrative is like you were with superman for so long and then you have this like woman that the perspective like you that story is told through both of their lenses and so so there was something fundamental in how Snyder understood that dynamic that I really appreciate and I feel is missing from the Justice League like like I don't know they just like they didn't utilize like how like the scene between Martha and Lois is like why is that even there like is it is it because you just felt like people needed to be talking about Superman? Like it just again, there was just like so many different things that I'm like, I really want to see how they honor that relationship because that is at its core why I love Superman is like what is it about the Lois and Clark relationship or the Lois and Superman relationship that that um creates both of those characters. And so I'm just really hoping that they do that like do a better job of of exploring that in the this take i Uh, don't oh okay they're gonna do a better job i don't know that you're gonna get what you want because because what i hear from you is that you don't want you don't actually want justice league just like just like i don't think you actually like when i say you're confused about batman v superman you don't actually (laughs) want batman v superman you want man of steel too and so do I. I mean, like th- this. Yeah. This is why I think that, like, I, I, I can understand this because I think you and I like Superman for a lot of the same reasons. Um, and when I say Superman, I mean like, like not just that character, but like the franchise, yeah. the, the, yeah, the, franchise, the, yeah. the supporting characters, yeah. the whole thing, right? Yeah. Um, and Man of Steel 
for whatever it does wrong. And and the, it, it has a few missteps for sure. Um, although I, th- I think it's a much better film than it gets credit for. I, the, the, the last five minutes of that movie is incredible. It's amazing. Right. Like, like when he's telling Martha what he's going to do. Right. Yeah. And he's on the bike and he's got his tie and he goes in and she's like, welcome to the planet, all that stuff. Right. And he's got the glasses on and it's like, okay, like, okay, now we're here. Yeah. Now, now we this get is, to do now it. Let's now tell we a actually, story. yeah. 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 Like, like, okay. You did your origin story. It went horribly wrong. Uh, but he, he did what he had to do at the end of it. And now he'll never cross that line ever again. Um, and then you start Batman V Superman and you're like, well, um, we never did. We never did our, our follow-up Superman story. So, um, I guess we'll establish really quick that everybody thinks that Superman's real nifty. Um, except for like these few people who are like Superman's an alien that killed everybody. So, oh, okay. So we're conflicted on Superman then. We don't have a clear, we don't have a clear. Okay. All right then. Um, yeah. And also like we went dark with Superman. So Batman's going to have to be like an actual bad guy for most of this movie in order for this to work. Is everybody cool with that? Uh, no, no, we're not actually. I, 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 this notion that Batman has to be darker than everybody else around him is actually like, that's a fundamental flaw of the way that the character has been written for the last 20 years, but that's cool. That's cool. You guys do you uh, Ben Affleck looks really great in the, in the role. Um, and so the movie then plays out from that perspective of like, we got to make Batman so bad that Superman already hates him. And this is a Superman that's willing to snap Zod's neck. So I, uh, uh, he's got to be really bad. Okay, so he brands people with a bat symbol so that those people will be murdered in jail. That's because that's the subtext. In, I mean, it's not even really subtext. There's no subtext in Batman v Superman because I think that they literally say it like that. That's that he brands them so that they like like once they're Get in killed. jail, they'll yeah that's, the, yeah like that's, like the, not, the criminals know that these are the worst of the worst, right? Um, so he's basically sentencing them to death. He's judge, jury, and executioner, which is why Clark hates him, right? Like that's 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 really cl- clearly established in those few scenes. Uh, uh, like as I think in that scene where they where they meet each other, where Clark and Bruce meet each other, right? Um, but then also like Batman, like Bruce has got like this fun little adventure with Diana, and it's like, oh wait, hold hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. We're also going to introduce Wonder Woman in this one. We're okay. We're also going to introduce Wonder Woman. So it's not really Batman v Superman. It's Batman v Superman as Diana watches them be stupid boys. Okay, that's the that's the full <laughs> title. That's what I love it. That's what Dawn of Justice actually means. Um, because she's just kind of standing there the whole time, going like, "Are you guys done? Like, can you stop fighting each other? There's a there's a big monster." Um, but like, it, so the movie the movie is not a Superman movie. It doesn't give Superman the breathing room to establish what they need to establish, which first of all, audiences were mixed on man of steel. So coming in to Batman V Superman with the thing of like, okay, Batman's going to fight Superman. But then in the third act, uh, uh, apocalypse is going to show up or not apocalypse. I, um, doomsday, uh, is going to show up and, I uh, Superman's going to die. 
okay, well, half the audience doesn't care. Half the audience didn't like that other movie, and they're only here because they like Batman. And then the other half of the audience is like, well, you never really gave us a Superman movie, so why do I care? And then uh, uh, decent people in the audience are like, well, Wonder Woman was pretty cool. Um, and then they made a Wonder Woman movie that was pretty cool, right? Yeah, but that's fair. Then you come back to Justice League, and it's like, well, I don't care that Superman's dead, because his death wasn't earned. Uh, it wasn't upsetting in any way. I mean, like I really expected if they were going to kill Superman that I would feel something because I love that character so much. Like he is, he is in the top three (laughs) for me. Right. Like uh, it's, uh, and uh, and honestly, he's in the top two. It's like him and Obi-Wan at the top of the, the top of the hill um, of all the characters that I love. So like, you would think that I would care. I didn't care even a little tiny bit. I, and you come back into the next movie and Batman's like, I feel really bad. I feel really, really bad. And it's like, well, yeah, you should. You got him killed. You you did everything that Lex Luthor wanted you to do that created Doomsday. And uh, and and so it's, yeah, it's your fault that Superman's dead. And it's also now your responsibility. So I do like that aspect of Justice League where it's like, oh, we got to go. We got to, like, Batman is like, I have to find all of the heroes and bring them together because now that Superman's not there to protect us, uh, we're all going to die because, <laughs> because dark side's coming, right? And he's, cause he's having his bad dreams um, that don't really make any sense, but that's fine. They're the coolest part of that movie, but I, uh, uh, I God, Batman V Superman is such a mess. The more I talk about it, the more I remember what's in it. And it's like, <laughs> Because I mean, I, like, that's fair, but like, but that's what is kind of like when you piece it together. I don't know. It's but interesting. Do we need? There's, do there's we need? Do we need Batman to have really unclear, uh, un, uh, dreams that have an unclear origin? Because Batman doesn't—he's not prophetic in any of the other stories I've ever read. Like that is not a Batman thing. Of like, oh yeah, you remember that great comic book story where Batman had premonitions that Superman was going to turn evil? Like, no, Batman is just pragmatic. Like that's that's how that character is supposed to work. So Zack Snyder not understanding that. Well, not Zack Snyder. Chris Terrio not understanding how Batman works as a character is like. Well, we need him to hate Superman. Okay, we'll drop a building on some people that he cares about. One guy in particular, and then also we're gonna we're gonna make him have these bad dreams where Superman's a bad guy. Okay, well, why would he care about those dreams? As a realist, right? Like as as a pragmatic realist, as an, as a very objective human being, the the you know the greatest detective in the world, he would be like, "What is up with these dreams?" Also why am I having dreams about a future that hasn't happened? I'm going to be suspicious about the source of those. Uh, so in, in order for us to get around that before anybody even asks that question, we're just also going to throw in the flash coming back and saying something really confusing for the audience. Right? Like imagine so for cool, a second, you're though. not a DC fan and you're just a regular person that walked in off the street and was like, I know who Batman is. I know who Superman is. I'm going to watch this movie. And halfway through that movie, the flash comes through and is like, Bruce, Bruce, it's Superman. You got to kill Superman. And it's like, why is the he didn't flash actually just... say that he didn't say, that. but he, he did. Right. He kill. was like, he didn't say you got to kill Superman. It's Lois. Yes. 
but it's come on. Uh, he didn't a, say kill Superman. He's but it's com- about stopping Superman. It's about stopping Superman. It's not about stopping. No, that's the whole point. Oh my gosh! But Amanda, did you misunderstand these flashbacks? No, the whole you, point is that no. You're reading too much into it because on the surface, the text of it is that the Flash is telling Batman that he has to stop Superman. If we played that right now, that's how it plays. You're thinking of it it too too large. But the yeah, because the point is that he misunderstood. Yeah, that what the Flash was saying was. I understand that. Is okay. I'm not. But like, I'm that's not the saying whole that, point is that Batman no, didn't Amanda, get all of the information. But you're missing my point. You're missing my okay. point. Okay. Which okay. is that yes, we get that, but we get that because we walk into to Batman v Superman with so much extra knowledge of these characters and where things are going and how things are going to play out. Right. Like like before before the the lights even go down on Batman v Superman, you and I know that they're going to fight up until the point that they got to fight doomsday and then they're all going to team up and they're going to fight doomsday. Right. But let's use your parents as an example. They walk (laughs) into Batman V Superman. Okay. And they see that flash scene. First of all, it's not like he goes, Bruce Wayne, I'm the flash Barry Allen, you know, your friend, we're in the justice league together. He doesn't give any of that. It's just, he doesn't, he just pops through this thing and he's just a guy in a red in, in this weird red armor pajamas. That's just like, you gotta, you have to stop Superman. It's Lois. It's all about Lois. You gotta stop Superman. Meanwhile, Batman has just had a prophetic apocalyptic dream about Superman being a Nazi, right? Like, <laughs> like a literal, like future right. Nazi for, for dark side. So the, the context for the average viewer coming into that story, if we divorce the extra knowledge of, of the DC universe from that, from a strict like screenwriting perspective, an objective screenwriting perspective, the flash is coming <clears throat> back to tell Batman to kill Superman. And that's exactly how Batman sees it. And so he goes and does it. My point is that Chris Terrio does backflips upon backflips upon backflips in order to contrive these characters into the scenario in which they fight each other. Instead of doing what they do in every other iteration of of Batman and Superman meeting each other for the first time, which is that they feel each other out from a distance. And then when they realize like, oh, wait, oh, you're a good guy, too. They they team up and they defeat the bad guys every other time, every other time, like and it like most expertly done in the animated universe when they did the Batman Superman crossover that established Superman in that universe, like where like that it's it is the best version of it, but they've done it so many times. But in that one, I I Bruce basically puts a tracker on Superman and follows him back to his, uh, his, his apartment and, and sees him like change back into Clark Kent. And he's like, Oh, Oh, so that's your thing. Like your, your, your mild mannered, I, uh, I uh, Clark Kent or whatever. And he thinks he's gotten away with it. Goes back to his thing and Superman follows him and is like Bruce Wayne. And he's just basically like x-rays through his, his cowl or um. Maybe it's the other way around. Maybe maybe he's like, oh, you're Bruce Wayne. And then Batman is like, 
two can play at this game and follows him and finds out who he is. But in any case, they like, they do that like sort of cat and mouse thing where it's like, are we adversaries? It's like, I don't like the way you do things. I don't like the way you do things, but, but it like, that's it. Like, that's the extent of it. It's not, it's not amped up to the degree of like, Hey, remember when Superman dropped a building on your friend? And it's like, well, that's a really weird way to misconstrue zod who was on the tv saying like hey you guys all need to bow down to me or i'm gonna start murdering people right i i is like oh this is superman's fault this is not really superman's fault i think he was trying to stop that guy i uh, and he did <laughs> and then and then you have to crank batman up to 11 where he's murdering people essentially like and 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 like like maiming them in order to justify why these two characters are going to fight the way that they're going to fight. Because instead of telling a story with those characters, we're, we're bending over backwards to do every single Elseworlds incarnation of Batman and Superman in the same story. Like we're trying to fit red sun Superman into this movie in those, in those flash, but like in the dream sequences, we're trying to do, dark Knight returns with the armored suit at the end like and it's it's no different and chris terrio also wrote the majority of justice league so yeah, i'm gonna say this he's, is the, one of the he's reasons the screen, why I say you keep you keep using his name right he's the screenwriter yeah. for it yeah he's okay. the screenwriter he wrote batman v superman he wrote the majority of justice league although the version that we've seen so far is the one that was rewritten by joss whedon right, right? um but he set the scenario essentially i uh, and he wrote the rise of Skywalker and the thing that that Batman v Superman and rise of Skywalker have in common that I guarantee you justice league is also going to have in common and, and that you can kind of tell even just through Joss Whedon's version is that Chris Terrio along with whatever director he's working with. I don't think that he's alone on this. It's not like he's like this rogue element that just writes bad movies. Like the directors are also responsible for it as ultimately the directors are responsible for a bad movie. Like that's, that's that's who's responsible it's literally their job to make sure that all of these elements work together um but the thing that chris terrio does is that he pulls out these uh what he thinks are going to be iconic moments right like like these like these things that are going to look really good on screen or these moments that are going to call back to something else or this reference to a thing right? right and basically puts those on a board and then fills in the gaps. That's how he writes a story. It is so blaringly obvious when you look at Batman v Superman and Rise of Skywalker as like children of the same parents, essentially, right? Like, like what are what what are these? What genetic similarities do these have? Uh, why 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 do they both have big ears? Right? Like, what's the thing that throws me off about this person's face? And you look back at the genetics and it's like Chris Terrio writes stories this way. So Rise of Skywalker is is just two and a half hours of him referencing the original trilogy. And so that's why the story doesn't make any sense, because it's all just like, oh, well, we got to get from this reference to this reference to this big moment to this thing. Like, it's just it's there are these the it's it's almost like an animation doing the keyframes and then somebody else will come in and fill in the in-between right like it it only he's not good at filling in the in-between like he's he's very bad at it so it is just justifications and contrivances 
to get you from one thing to the next thing. And in Batman v Superman, that's like what I said. They wanted to fit Red Red Sun Superman into it, which like, look, Red Sun Superman is awesome, right? They wanted to fit the Dark Knight Returns into it. Also, Dark Knight Returns, awesome. I mean, like problematic. Frank Miller's, uh, there are issues there, but <laughs> it is a great comic book story of its time. Uh, and then we also want to put Wonder Woman in this. Okay, so now we got to establish this character too. And uh, we're also going to set up the Justice League and Flashpoint <laughs> at the same time with this. Like they just, it, like Batman v Superman tries so hard to uh, do what Infinity War was doing, which like Infinity War had nine years of storytelling before it and however many, yeah. 18, 19 movies before it. Uh, it to draw from that we could be like oh we're in wakanda now and it's like well yeah we all just saw black panther and that was a good movie that established this world so we don't have to spend the time whereas like batman v superman and justice league are like uh 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 we need to explain wonder woman i guess like it, it just it's such a I know it, it, there's no way that this justice league movie is gonna be good it's four hours long <laughs> It's, I think it's actually over four hours long. Uh, there's no way. It's impossible. It's not going to be good. I know you want it to be. And I, I know. feel for you. I don't I don't but... even need it to be good, though. I just want to enjoy something different. Like, I want to enjoy something that was given to us that I'm like, it could be something different. I haven't read. Did you read the Vanity Fair article that was posted today? No, I about haven't. About the, uh, the Snyder Cut? I'm actually realizing... We're very topical with this conversation. Had we yeah. read the Vanity Fair article that came out you know, today about the Justice I saw, League I saw, Snyder I Cut. saw that new shot of the Joker, and it was like, right. <laughs> we got our that first look at the Joker, and I was like, really? Do we need to do this? Like, like really? It wasn't, wasn't Suicide Squad enough? Can we just leave this alone? Like, we dodged the bullet of not having to deal with any more of this actor in this role. Um. But then we saw the trailer and the one thing about the trailer that I was kind of positive on was like, oh, actually, actually, I'm kind of interested to see this Joker now because we see him. I think one of the things that people miss is the context of that is that that Joker appears to be in uh, the dream sequence. It, like like Batman is wearing the goggles and the trench coat, right? When he's talking mm -hmm. to him, like it looks like it's more of the post-apocalyptic dark side one and and if you look at it uh joker is wearing um what his it looks like he's wearing like a doctor outfit or something like that like like a like sort of like a weird like old timey like 1930s doctor smock thing um but then he's got swat gear over top of it like he's got like a like a flak jacket that says swat on the, or police or something on the back of it and he's kind of like so he's kind of like mishmash these two things together and i was and like i saw that and was like oh well that's actually like that's interesting like i don't i don't necessarily think it's going to be a good part of the movie it's just like okay that's cool like at least at least Zack snyder is delivering on the like novelty of his storytelling which i always think he does a great job with um but like is the only redeeming quality of justice league is like well the 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 i mean like the the bat the armored batman looks cool like it that that's awesome that fight is really fun to watch it's it's frustrating to watch but it's also like the the choreography of it's really cool um 
of Superman flying and using powers and stuff like that and Batman nullifying it and stuff. But uh, the story is dumb. <laughs> so it's like I see it very similarly where I'm like, well, like there will be some cool stuff in this movie for sure. But uh, I, there's just no way that Zack Snyder telling me a story for over four hours is going to be bearable. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, like just, I would really love it if, say, if Zack Snyder could make a 90 minute movie. If he could tell me a 90 minute Superman, Batman, Flash, Wonder Woman, I'm saying those as individual things. Like if he could if he could cut away the excess and just tell me a tight 90 minute superhero story, I feel like that would be a great movie. But for some reason he thinks he needs more time and that's it's it's it is definitely the killing blow on this stuff for me or it's like that's not going to help you. So I will say, I think that the thing that is interesting to me, and again, this this Vanity Fair article about the like like the Snyder cut, is that like there really was, and I don't, I didn't, I didn't realize this, like just how little the movie reflected what it was supposed to actually be. Yeah, for sure. Like, I don't know. I just think, again, and I, like, I haven't, like, I've literally just sort of, like, scanned this article a little bit, but, like, it just, I don't know, like, they're, like everybody's leaning into this sort of, like, Snyder Cut being, like, a completely different thing. And I know that you're, like, it sounds like you're not feeling that. I, no, Amanda, the, don't, don't misunderstand me. I don't think that this movie is going to resemble Joss Whedon's. Like, I, like, Joss right. Whedon's movie is a compromised hot piece of garbage divorced from Chris Terrio's bad writing. Right? right. Like, okay. Like that aside, Joss Whedon who did Avengers and Avengers age of Ultron, which I think are both great movies. And, and that I'm removing from the problematic issues of Joss Whedon as a human being. Yeah. So we're doing a lot of, we have to compartmentalize a lot of things in this conversation. And Joss Whedon's Justice League has really no bearing on my opinion of what Zack Snyder's Justice League is going to be, because I don't think like they're comparing them. I don't think is, is fair. Right. Because like I said, like I Zack Snyder's will be a better version, but that doesn't change the fact that I do not think that Zack Snyder making a four and a half hour movie is going to benefit anybody other than Zack Snyder and HBO max. <laughs> right. Like right. it's it, like this, this is not going to be a masterpiece. And there are people out there who are going to claim that it is instantly like sight unseen. They're already claiming it to be a masterpiece, not to mention the whole like toxic nature of the, the release, the Snyder cut movement, which was horrendous and was like the worst of the worst uh uh under the rock uh, like 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 uh, uh, uh turning over the rock of the internet and seeing all the the disgusting bugs scurry for the darkness right like like it, it like they were the people who ran that stuff were not necessarily great people and people will always go like oh well but there was this fundraising thing it's like yeah cool i'm i'm happy for that fundraising thing um, like that's great. I'm always happy when when groups come together and and fundraise for a good cause. That's that's awesome. It doesn't change the fact that the majority of the people that were using the hashtag release the Snyder cut and that were part of those communities were doing very toxic, very 
uh, horrific things to people on the internet. Um, and you know, as it is always to specifically to women and, and minorities. So, um, you know, like it's just like, it's all kind of tangled up in that it's, there's nothing clean about this. And <laughs> people want it. I think Warner brothers, especially, uh, and Zack Snyder want to sanitize the story. And so any articles that we read about it are going to be about, well, this is the true vision, right? And it's like, I'm, I am super happy for Zack Snyder that he gets to release his true vision. And I think that despite anything else about, about how this has happened, you have to admire Zack Snyder for the tenacity that it took to, to make this happen because as much as the fans were a part of it, and I think definitely like cracked that door open, it was Zack Snyder standing on the other side of it with a battering ram ready to, to smash the door off the hinges the second that there was an opportunity. Right. So, right. Like, and I think that he deserves credit for that. I also think that Ray Fisher deserves a lot of credit for Warner brothers caving and releasing the Snyder cut. Like I, I think that the immense pressure that he put that studio under to, um, to put this out there, something different. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, but I mean, like ultimately, like I said, this, this benefits Zack Snyder and this benefits HBO max, which like, there's not really anything on HBO max yet that makes it worthwhile. And it's, it's a moot point for us because we're in Canada. But because right, we get all the other things somewhere different. So. Yeah. Um, it's all kind of e- either we don't get it or it's just going to be on Crave anyways. Right. So um, or or on demand or whatever. So it's like this whole other thing for us. But but HBO is looking at HBO Max and they want it to be what Disney Plus is. It is not Disney Plus because they launched HBO Max without the Mandalorian. Right. They didn't. They right. weren't ready to do it they launched it anyways they thought that friends and the the rest of the library the rest of the catalog was going to do it and it and it hasn't like and and um there's just nothing undeniable on it yet i think that justice league is going to be the first thing for them but it's a movie so i don't like that's i think that's why there was the conversation about like let's break this into a mini series because at least then we'll have people for if we do, if we release it right at the end of one month, then they'll have to pay for the second month. Right. Like, cause these are the kind <laughs> right. of conversations that executives have. Um, and like, and they've got stuff, they have stuff in the hopper. I mean, like there's a, there's a green lantern, uh, uh, series that's, that's in, I think it's, it's either in pre-production or it's in production now, but, uh, uh, that's uh, may or may not be part of the DCEU. I mean like that article, Today, so I think one of the big takeaways was that there's a there's a there's a reveal or like a character that shows up at the end of this movie, like a, a an introduction to a superhero that's going to blow people's minds. And I think that that's a lot of hyperbole. I think that's a lot of uh, studio speak for um, we're going to introduce you guys to our Green Lantern, <laughs> oh, okay. which we already well, knew. Fair. We yeah, already yeah. knew from the time that Joss Whedon took over that one of the things that got cut was the Green Lantern. That that like they they one of the first things right. I think that Zack Snyder may have said, or I don't know how it got out there, but it got out there very early on of like this movie is totally compromised because in Zack Snyder's version, the Green Lantern shows up and 
ain't no Green Lantern in Joss Whedon's Justice League. Not even a hint of it. So, um, yeah. And, and I mean, we've already seen a hint of that Green Lantern in uh, uh, a year ago. We saw it in the the uh, the Crisis on Infinite Earths um, uh, crossover event. So uh, back, back in the days of Arrow. Can you believe that that was a year ago? It feels like a lifetime. So um, crazy. I mean, everything feels like a lifetime ago yeah. when it was just a year ago. But yeah, I get what you mean. I, but yeah, so I it, like it just there is just no way that any of this is going to be it, it. Here's the other thing at the end of the day, and we'll, we'll talk about this last thing and then we'll close it out. Ezra Miller is still the Flash in this movie. Right. And Ezra Miller, a problematic person that punches people in the face. Uh, and just gets away with it scot-free and nobody help holds him accountable for it, which really bothers me. Um, because it's clearly an indicator of some other issues that we're just ignoring. Uh, on top of that, like his version of the flash is just a bad impression of Sheldon from big bang theory, uh, in an, in, in just an awful flash costume. So like, I'm not interested in seeing him do that again. Uh, I definitely am not interested in in watching him do that exclusively for two and a half, maybe three hours, because that tends to be how long these DCEU movies run. Um, that said, they already got my ticket money for this Flash movie regardless, because because uh, they, they just revealed uh, two days ago, I think, uh, that, uh, that Supergirl is going to be in the Flash movie. Uh, and uh, and they they revealed it by uh, releasing this video of the the director. Um, oh shoot, what's his name? I had it in front of me, and then I think I scrolled away from it. Uh, 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 Muschietti is his last name. I can see that. Yeah, sorry, I don't know. Uh, his, and, I can't. Yeah, Andy Muschietti. Uh, Muschietti. I don't know. Uh, uh, but he they released this this awesome video of him talking to uh sasha kaye who is the actress that's going to be playing supergirl in the dceu now there's a reason why this is awesome a supergirl is a great character i and and i'm just excited about supergirl being included in a story and i'll and i'll support that uh but b and maybe more importantly this is not the kind of casting that i think anybody was expecting supergirl is traditionally in the comics a blonde hair, blue eyes, <laughs> like as, as white as they come, uh, uh, you know, white as the driven snow sort of thing. Um, and, uh, and this is a, this is a Latina actress. So I, uh, that's a new take on Supergirl and one that I am very interested to see happen. And uh, I, I, a direction that I think is, is really cool and really interesting. So um yeah, I mean, like, I yeah, I, I just I just think that that's awesome, and I want to support that. <laughs> um, I don't know anything about her as an actress. I don't know if she's any good. She's been on The Young and the Restless for three years. <laughs> I, Interesting. I, but, uh, I don't know. I think that's kind of cool. Yeah, I like I I don't know. I just I I mean, obviously, uh, she's beautiful. Like, there's there's that component of it. I think she's gonna look great in the role. Um, just, just from a purely visual standpoint, just like the aesthetic part of it. But I, I, yeah, I don't know. Like, I just, I, I just love that they're being bold with this. And I think there's almost an element of like, this movie has been written off already by Warner brothers. Cause it is part of the DCEU. 
Um, so it might be a component of like of of uh, of, of Muschietti. He just he's just like, well, then I'm just gonna cast who I want. Like that's what I'm gonna do. I'm just gonna. Yeah. I'm just. I'm not gonna pay attention to like what the fanboys are gonna care or whatever. I'm just gonna cast an actor that I like who's got good chemistry that whatever. And and I just. I think that's super cool. I uh, so I'm 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 down for it. I even though like I said uh, that Ezra Miller uh, as Flash. Man, they got this this article that I'm looking at on IGN has uh, uh, an image of Michael Keaton as Batman alongside one of like a screenshot of flash from justice league and Ezra Miller's just doing like his dumb Sheldon face. Uh, which is just, uh, it, it dumb. I, I don't know. I don't know what the <laughs> dumb Sheldon face. He I just know, like, so, 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 I get, I like, I get it. I get your, I get your, it's a, it's it. the, yeah. it's the caricature of autism where like, we never use the a word. Right. Like we don't like, hey, guys, look, you can't say it. OK, like Big Bang Theory. I don't know. Maybe in the last season, because I because we we dropped out, I think, like two seasons before the series was done. I uh, and maybe at some point they used the word autism uh, on Big Bang Theory. But for the majority of that series, I uh, although Sheldon was clearly supposed to be autistic, they were terrified to say that. They were terrified to use that word, which it, to me is super offensive, right? Because it's like you're 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 quote representing a group of people, but but being ashamed of it at the same time. And this Flash does the same thing, where he he says, "I what does he say to Bruce at the beginning of like oh, I don't I don't have a lot of friends or whatever." Yeah, right? like something just, something like, sort of weird and cringy. Yeah, and it's like, look, hey. If your interpretation of the Flash is that like is that you want to go with like an autistic ADHD interpretation of this character, then I am behind that. That's fine. Like that's representation, and that's a, that's a that that could be a valid take on the character. If you want to lean into the harmful stereotypes of autism in pop culture, uh, for laughs, then you can kindly throw yourself into the nearest uh solar body because i i don't want that like i th- i think i i i'm probably overly sensitive about this sort of stuff having a brother with down syndrome and seeing that represented in media and then and then on top of that crystal works with children with autism and these stereotypes are harmful to the work that crystal does and it's harmful to the kids that she works with right so I like I'm probably more sensitive to this stuff than the majority of the audience, but that doesn't mean that, you know, like that I should not like, like, Oh, I'm going to not talk about how I'm offended by it then. Like, I just, I think this is something that more people need to be aware of that. These stereotypes aren't good. Like that. This yeah. isn't helpful that it, that it, that it causes problems. That said, this movie has Michael Keaton as Batman in it. And now this great Supergirl casting news and who knows what other surprises. Um, so it's like, it's just it, like all of the DC stuff. I just, it's like the, for everything they give us, they seem to also take away like at the same time so that it can never just be what the MCU is, which is, Hey, remember all of those things that, uh, 
you either vaguely knew about as a kid or were like cherished parts of your childhood. Yeah. We're going to like bring all of those back, but in like the best versions ever, <laughs> like, right. like we're going to, we're going to take inspiration from all of the great stuff, but it's not going to be heavy handed. It's not going to be in your face. Um, but if you care, you're going to see it. You're going to know it. Right. Like, I don't know. It's just, I just wish that, that Warner brothers in DC could knock it off with the, like, we have to compete and realize that like rising tide raises all boats and everything that the MCU has done. I would say like, like the boys, which I used as an example before. And I think invincible, which is about to come out on Amazon prime, the animated series, they definitely used the goodwill that the MCU has built and then are like, cool, we're going to use that to subvert this now, right? Like to tell a different type of story. And DC could do something like that. I think in the opposite direction, and they have. I, I shouldn't I shouldn't totally discredit them. Shazam successfully did this. Where Shazam takes everything that the MCU does well, I think. And then they went, but here's the thing that DC does better, which is like this whole like magical like legendary component of it so shazam is all of that like like he's gonna fight the seven deadly sins and we're not gonna shy away from that um like and shazam is unabashed and then i uh, and then birds of prey d- takes the superhero stuff and goes like we're gonna do this from this other angle and does it well so it's not that they can't they have it's just that like <laughs> the characters that matter the most are getting the worst treatment and that yeah it's uh it's it's tough i love it's, shazam. It's just difficult shazam's but. so great though i think that's probably why i get so bent out of shape about this stuff is that man of steel is a great movie shazam is a great movie and birds of prey goes beyond being a great movie into like masterpiece territory like i think that movie is a perfect 10 like that like like there's nothing about birds of prey out of place none of that needs to be fixed Right. Like there's no thing in that that I go like, well, if they had only done this, then it's like, no, no, no. Birds of Prey is perfect. Like it's it's a it is a perfect movie or is as close as a movie gets to perfect. Right. So it's not that they can't do it. It's just that it's just that that character that means the most to the two of us sitting here. (laughs) They just keep doing him such a disservice. Now, he's in the black costume (laughs) in this in this version. So. I don't know. Yay. I'm going to be there on day one. You guys know I will. Yeah. Yeah. And and we're going to talk about it (laughs) at length, but yeah, that's it. That's all I got. That's all I got in the tank. I'm done. There you go. Me too. So I'm pleased that we chatted about, I feel like it was a good spectrum though of we, we covered Marvel, Disney and DC. So the rainbow of, of nerddom. Yeah, well, that's the Thunderquack brand, right? I think that that's right. that's definitely uh, if you want to boil us down to three things, it's it's. I mean, like if you're including Star Wars in the Disney stuff, but Marvel, Star Wars, Disney, DC, and uh, anything that might be tangentially related to that. But I <laughs> uh, cool. Um, that's it. That's it for this episode. Thanks for listening to me. I did a lot of ranting on this one, but I expected that to be the case. Same, same. Love it. Um, it, you guys can feel free uh, to to tell me that I'm wrong and dumb, uh, and I'll tell you that that I disagree vehemently. 
uh, and that's always that's like always just feel free to email us yeah 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 yeah. or or like tweet at us or leave it on the comment (laughs) on instagram or whatever i but uh thank you for joining us on that journey and look hey it's not like we got that long to wait uh when is when when does it come out we're like two or three weeks away from justice league wow that's crazy yeah i guess so justice league release date no not that one sorry it keeps being tempted and then it's and then it's not um zach snyder justice league release date is that's you're also telling me october 26 2017 that's not helpful uh march 18th uh and it's everywhere it's everywhere march 18th it's not just it's not just uh, uh on hbo max like it'll be so it'll be available for everybody all like simultaneous release worldwide so um no one will be left out of the conversation but that also means like no one will be left unscarred by its release so i <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh awesome i uh, thank you guys for listening we'll be back next week what did we decide we're we're going through straight through right straight through to to the middle of march we're going straight through until march uh so we're gonna skip march 15th so we're we're going till march 8th so we've got two more weeks of podcasting yeah and then you're gonna be out the 15th and the 22nd yes i'm taking a two-week hiatus after that but you'll get us two more days in two more weeks in a row so let's call it right now when we come back on the 29th with both of us march 29th that's yeah. going to be our Justice League review because that will have <gasps> oh, given us how exciting, yeah. Because that'll have given us almost two weeks to watch it, sit with it, possibly subject ourselves to it a second time. Although, <laughs> man, how do you rewatch a four and a half hour movie? Like you got, they have not easily. This I do it. <laughs> yeah, well, how do those of us with kids do it? That's I. I don't that even is know. Fair. I don't even know how I'm going to watch it the first time. <laughs> Because <laughs> I gotta figure out like, anyways, I, I that's my problem to figure out. But I, I yeah. So uh, you guys are gonna get a bonus episode on Patreon for everybody who subscribes at the five dollar level and above. Uh, this week you, you'll get your second bonus episode, and then next month you'll actually get. Uh, uh, well, no, maybe it, it won't be. It won't be two bonus episodes. I'll have a guest for one of those weeks. But um, yeah, look forward to that. Uh, Thank you guys for listening. We will catch you next week. Stay safe, everybody. Wash your hands and be kind to one another. Follow the Thunderquack Podcast on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook by searching the Thunderquack Podcast. You can support us in three ways. First, by heading to the podcast service of your choice and leaving a rating and review. Second, by going to store.thunderquack.com to pick up some merch from your favorite podcasts. And last but not least, by heading to patreon.com slash thunderquack to kick in with your monthly pledge of support and get cool rewards like early access, ad-free episodes, and extended episodes. The Thunderquack Podcast is the official podcast of thunderquack.com. Head to thunderquack.com to discover more great